Good morning. Welcome to Clinton United Methodist Church. I am Pastor Michael. I'm very happy to see you all here on this fourth Sunday of Advent. Uh, welcome to also those who might be listening to us on the radio in the parking lot or hearing this later on our podcast or our call-in number. Um, I'm forgetting something, which is normal these days. Um, I, Rick's pointing at something. We have announcements from the back. I think I caught most of our women this morning, but we are going to start a women's Bible study after the first of the year. It's a year-long read the Bible. Um, I've got little flyers I'm handing out. Please let me know if you're interested and what works for you, mornings or evenings. Um, right now we're thinking of an evening so we can catch our working folks. However, if we don't get enough interest for evening, we'll go to morning, or if we get enough interest for both, we'll do both. Even including, um, maybe we can do a light dinner for those that come for the evening meeting. So let, get back with me if you're interested, and we'll get something rolling for the first of the year. Thank you. A um, couple of announcements. One, I was informed today that there's going to be a village Christmas caroling on Wednesday the 23rd. Um, Jim didn't tell me where they were meeting, so check with Jim at the Township Hall. So if you want to do some Christmas caroling to get in the Christmas spirit, plan on doing that. Um, second, uh, I need to see anyone who's interested in being in the sanctuary choir for like two minutes right after church so we can kind of decide when we can rehearse. Uh, it was just Roger and I and Martha this morning. Um, and second, uh, Bell Choir will be rehearsing right after I get done with the Sanctuary Choir upstairs. And we are also going to be rehearsing again on Tuesday about 2.30 in the afternoon. So put those in your calendars so we can get some good rehearsals in and sound beautiful for Christmas Eve. And a reminder, Christmas Eve service will be at 7 o'clock. Alrighty, some other announcements that are also in the bulletin. Um, our candle, short, quick, little fundraiser, we made over $500, so that was just wonderful. And the candles really smell wonderful, too, so keep that in mind for next year. We're going to try that again. Uh, Kim mentioned bell choir. Um, he is interested in getting a children's bell choir together after the first of the year if we have enough interest, as well as an adult choir. Uh, the Angel Tree, thank you to all who donated for that. Uh, we've been able to help four families this year during for Christmas. Uh, the Hat, Mitten, and Scarf Tree, those items are all donated locally. I think they go to the school, so we're helping children out there with that as well. If you have a desire to help out with veterans, local veterans, uh, there's a list there of items that are needed and those items can be taken uptown to Signature Sewing. Uh, that's a business right downtown if you're not familiar with it. We're still looking for some cleaning help. Um, if you can come in at any time and help, it doesn't have to be for all day. I mean, if you can come in and give us a half an hour, you know, you can get a lot done in a half an hour. So think about that for the new year as well. Uh, Christmas past, when you're getting ready to put your stuff away and you're sorting and cleaning, think about us for that. Um, we pretty well got rid of all of our items this year for that, so we're going to be looking to fill that again for next year. 
I-92 Ministries, if you're not familiar with them, uh, they help local children. They provide backpack meals for weekends. They provide backpack meals during the holidays for children and during summer. And so that's a, another good local ministry to help if you wish. Okay, I have a thank you here to read. Hi, I would like to thank everyone for their prayers, Kim Greenfield for the cookies and all the things he did for me, for Sandy C for calling and for the food, Phyllis for her calling, and for the church ladies for the cookies and candy. I am hoping 2022 is a little better year. Rosemary Relics, and we're grateful that Rosemary is with us today, so. <laughs> All right. Uh, before you go on, I want to add one thing to this that really warms my heart. Um, I, we were able, my food pantry, our food pantry was able to uh, do a cartload of food that's going to be going to Kentucky. The oh, VFW wow. Hall in um, Monroe was doing three semi-loads, and they, then the VFW in Tecumseh called me and said, hey, Phyllis, do you have some things because we want to do a third truck? So I said, oh, I think I have a few things. Well, when I got out here, I just got carried away. <laughs> and I, uh, well, because we had also gotten a load of food from St. James when they closed their food pantry, and they were all in boxes, crates already. So I loaded the cart top and bottom, and Tecumseh came and picked them up and took them to Monroe. So we are helping the Kentucky tornado people. So it was such a delight to be able to do this. Mm -hmm. So it's, woo, warms my heart. I'd also like to thank uh, all of you who baked for us the last couple of weeks. Um, we did put together 27, I think, food trays for our food pantry patrons. And they just, it just warms their heart that we just think of them in this way. So I get a lot of good feedback on that. Yes. And we also uh, served 21 of our own people with shut-ins and, and whatnot as well. So I, I think that was a great thing. And thank you again for those who baked. I think that's all of our announcements. So if you would join. Yes? <laughs> a lot of great things are happening in this church that's for sure
Okay, I think we'll get started this morning. If you'll join me with a call to worship. Because Christ has been born in the world, people, people who walked, walked in, in the darkness, darkness now live in great light. Because Christ has been born in the world, the power to oppress and kill will not stand. Because Christ has been born in the world, we respond in wonder. With the angels, we sing glory to God. With the shepherds, we share the good news. With Mary, we ponder the words of that night. And the word that has and continues to come into the world, Emmanuel. Now, if you will stand, if you are able, and join us for the first hymn, While Shepherds Watched Their Flocks, number 236. if you'll join me for our opening prayer. Glorious God, 
on this coming Christmas Eve, we will sing beloved carols of Bethlehem, of shepherds and angels, of Mary and Joseph, and the infant Jesus, our Savior. Is there yet a new song we can sing to you? A song to be learned from the heavens and the earth? Where the roar of the sea, the exultation of the fields, and the joy of the trees are already raised in a chorus of glad rejoicing, ready to welcome you. Even if no ear may hear your coming, help us hear the music of creation. Then, with the whole cosmos, we will sing of your salvation, declare your glory, and in crescendo of praise, bless your name. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Amen. You may be seated, and it is now time for our Advent meditation. In our time of reflection, that the shepherds greet God incarnate, not only in a barn, but in the animal's trough, points us to the table. Luke does not show Jesus resting in a pile, or on a pile of quilts in the corner, but in the feeding place. This baby resting in a manger on the night of his birth will be the bread of God which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world, the very bread of life. Each time the community gathers around the table, it remembers this mystery, that though it is beyond our comprehension, God took on human form, lived among us, suffered for us, died and was raised, that we might know true life in this world and the next. In our response, consider in your hearts and minds, how is God Emmanuel with us in this time and this place? And a prayer we lift, Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, light of the world, Savior of all, we welcome you. We welcome you. Amen. I'd like to invite our family who is going to light the candle this morning, or candles. The candles on this wreath have their own special significance. The four candles represent the four weeks of Advent, and one candle is lit each Sunday. Three of the candles are purple because the color violet is a liturgical color that signifies a time of prayer, penance, and sacrifice. On the fourth week of Advent, we light the final purple candle to mark the final week of prayer and penance as we wait for the birth of our Savior. This final candle, the angel's candle, symbolizes peace. It reminds us of the message of the angels, peace on earth, goodwill towards men. We will now sing the fourth verse from the faith we sing, light the advent candle. And we will have, uh, Martha's gonna play it all the way through and then we will sing the second time through. 
join me for our affirmation of faith. We believe that God has come to us, that God brought us into being, that this God gave us breath and purpose, that we, we have been blessed to be a blessing to others, that we have fallen short of this commandment, but that God has nevertheless loved us despite our brokenness. We believe that God is coming to us, that God is not happy to leave us alone, that this God will come to us as a particular human being, that God will be made known to us in flesh and bone like ours, that Mary will soon give birth, and Joseph will soon clap his hands in joy, that Jesus Christ will be born and our salvation made complete. We believe that God will come to us, that God will have the final word, and that word will be good, that this God will give us the presence of the Spirit to continue our work, that we are called to be disciples to all the corners of the earth, that the day is coming when tears and pain will be no more, and all will gather at the table to sing an endless and perfect Alleluia. Because God so loved the world, God sent the Son into the world. In response to this good news of great joy, we offer songs of praise and tithes and offerings and acts of service.
great God, accept these gifts we offer as we wait and hope for your coming again. Use all that we have and all that we are as you bring light in every darkness, ease heavy burdens, and turn our endless warring into your endless peace. In Christ's name we ask it. Amen. If you would remain standing as you are able for our next hymn number 245, The First Noel.
You may be seated. It is now time for our youth moment. I'd like to invite all of our youth and children to come on up and grab a chair, and I'll meet you down there. chair where did we hide the chairs oh thank you Todd yeah all right how's everybody doing everybody awake mostly only a little bit yeah I only had one cup of coffee this morning, so I'm kind of, but I'm going to do my best. Um, so, you didn't have any tea this morning. Uh-oh. That's not good. All right. So, I know that some of you guys are related to each other. Some of you are siblings. Is that right? Who here is a, who's here? Who here is a sibling? You're, you're a sibling. You're a sibling, too. Raise your hand. Yeah? There you go. You're a sibling. He's your sibling. I'm 99% sure. Okay, so, as siblings, do you guys ever fight or get into a disagreement? Yeah? Yeah, sometimes? When you're at home sometimes, yeah. Yeah, it happens. Um, me and my sisters, we didn't fight a lot, but, but the couple times that I can remember that we did, it, it was a little rough, but, um, but it happens. And do you know that sometimes adults fight? They get into arguments, and they raise their voices, and they can, can get, they just sound very crabby. Um, it happens, unfortunately, because we're not perfect. But are there times that you don't fight with your siblings? Are there times where you get along with your siblings a little bit every once in a while? Do you play with your siblings sometimes? Your brothers and sisters? Sometimes? <laughs> you have your own room and your own toys. Okay. Okay. Yes. Ooh, you're redoing your room for Christmas. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Kids' rooms get messy. Adults' rooms can get messy, too. So, so sometimes when you're getting along, and adults, they get along with each other sometimes, too. A lot of times we might call that a time of peace. And that's where, where things are calm and people are relatively happy and, and behaving and getting along. Um, and did you know that when Jesus was born, there was not a lot of peace? There was actually a lot of, a lot of unhappiness in the world. Um, specifically where Jesus was born, there was a lot, of, a lot of anger. There were people who were rioting. There was fighting. 
um, because the guy in charge of that area uh, had, had made some changes to some laws and some things, and the people didn't like it. And so even the night that Jesus was born, the world wasn't at peace. But the angels, they came down to tell the shepherds. And, and we said these words in at least, at least one of the songs, maybe both. Um, the, the angels said to the shepherds, peace on earth and goodwill to humanity. And so they, the angels were trying to bless the world with God's peace so that when Jesus was born, he would come into the world, even if it would be a short moment of peace. And so I know this week, you guys don't have any school, right? School's out for, for two weeks. And I know that means that you're going to probably be at home maybe hanging out with mom or dad or maybe visiting with grandma and grandpa or some other friends and stuff. And I know that without being in school, you might have a lot of extra energy that you need to get out. But I want to ask you guys a big favor. I want you to try extra hard this week to be at peace with each other, okay? So try not to fight. Try not to argue. And it's okay if you do, because we're not perfect, then it might happen. But try your best to be the best you you can be, okay? Because I, I know all the adults will appreciate it, and I know your siblings will appreciate it. And then we can go into Christmas Eve all excited for Jesus coming. Does that sound pretty good? Can we do that, you think? Oh, okay. All right, we got one more thing we got to do before you run off to Sunday school. We need to do the Lord's Prayer. Are you guys ready? We're going to do it all together all the way through, and we'll, we'll get the congregation to join us. You ready? Okay, here we go. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You guys are rock stars. I can hear you saying those words. You have learned it so well. Thank you guys for all of your help. And we've got your suckers over by Miss Lisa before you go head off to Sunday school and go learn stuff, have fun can go. It's okay. They don't bite. We have too many options in the sucker basket. All right. In your bulletins, uh, you will see our prayer requests. We are, of course, continuing our prayers for all of those um, who were affected and involved in 
connected to the shooting at Oxford High School, um, especially for the families who uh, lost loved ones. Uh, just to uh, repeat again, we are saying prayers of thanksgiving that Rosemary has recovered uh, from COVID and she is here with us again. We're very excited about that. Uh, continued prayers for all of uh, Clinton as COVID is uh, continuing to hit a lot of places and people very hard. Uh, continued prayers for Susan, a friend of Sheila's, who is again battling cancer. Uh, the experimental treatment that she was on has stopped because uh, it's not working. Uh, so prayers of peace and comfort for her. Continued prayers for Fred. Um, and please again note the address uh, listed in the bulletin if you'd like to send him cards or letters or anything like that. Uh, continued prayers of uh, praise and also asking for additional healing and recovery for Paul and Wilda. Wilda is at home. Uh, I was able to see her on, excuse me, on Thursday, her and Paul, and uh, they are doing uh, pretty good. Uh, they are enjoying, um, for those of you who uh, might not know, they had a porch uh, with a ramp built on the back, back of the house. Um, I believe it was uh, some family members who came and did that for them, and uh, they've been able to enjoy that a little bit, not probably as much right now because it's gotten colder. Um, continued prayers for Molly, um, who is also... Uh, continuing with cancer treatment. Um, continued prayers for Diane Wilcox and her family as they are mourning the loss of their grandson, Justin. Uh, continued prayers for Nancy, Alice's sister, who is adjusting to uh, living in an assisted living facility. Continued prayers for uh, Lori, Diane Gieske's sister-in-law, um, and, and sorry, her family, uh, Lori passed away at the end of November. Uh, Luann is asking us to continue to pray for her daughters and their families who are both uh, going through uh, some challenging times, praying that uh, God would uh, strengthen them and give them some uh, moments of peace and rest. Uh, Diana is asking for prayers for her son, Scott, um, praying that God will, will wrap him in his loving arms um, and give him the strength um, and peace that he needs. Uh, we have uh, prayers for uh, Diana's grandson, or sorry, great-grandson, Zachary. Uh, he and his whole class have been quarantined because of COVID. Uh, so prayers for all of those students uh, and the teachers. Um, and also prayers for her granddaughter, Jessica, who uh, needs to retest um, for a medical issue um, is asking for prayers of support. Um, and then prayers for um, Harry Comstock. He fell and he broke um, a vertebrae. I don't know which uh, one, and uh, for those of you who have gone through back issues, depending on which one it is, there's sometimes only so much they can do to help that heal. Uh, so prayers of healing requested uh, for him. Yes. 
So prayers for all of those who are fighting COVID as well as um, the flu and other illnesses. Um, they're never easy things to deal with, but somehow in the winter they seem to be that much harder. If you would join me now in an attitude of prayer. Glory to you, O God, for good news of great joy that you give to all people. We thank you for Jesus Christ, the Messiah, who lived among us and now reigns on high. We thank you for his light that shines in the darkness. With the angels, we sing praise to you, celebrating your glory in all the earth, in the Son given to us, and in your promised salvation. Gathered as a community on this Advent day, we pray for your church in every place, that we may make known to others what has been told to us about this child. Help us to bear Christ's light in every place of need. Draw near to those who spend this time apart from community, travelers and those far from home, people who live alone, those who wait in a hospital room, those who sit in prison cells, those who are working deep into the night, those estranged from family and friends. Comfort those who are poor and vulnerable, the child at risk, the homeless on the streets, the family that is hungry, and those contending with prejudice and scorn. Restore those who have lost faith, lost hope, or simply lost their way. End the hostilities and wars we construct by ushering in the endless peace of your design. Establish your reign of justice and righteousness. You are the Lord of hosts, who with zeal will do this, through Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. If you would please join me in our prayer for illumination. We would make room for you this night of all nights. Dear Lord, room in our minds and hearts, room also in our life together. Let your word be born in us anew, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, your splendor shines in us and through us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our first scripture reading today is from 1 Kings 19, verses 4 through 9. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a solitary broom tree. He asked that he might die. Is it enough? Now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the broom tree and fell asleep. Suddenly, an angel touched him and said to him, Get up and eat. He looked, and there at his head was a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. He ate and drank and lay down again. The angel of the Lord came a second time, touched him, and said, Get up and eat. Otherwise, the journey will be too much for you. He got up and ate and drank, and then he went in the strength of that food 40 days 
and forty nights to Horeb, the mount of God. At that place he came to a cave and spent the night there. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, What are you doing here, Elijah? The word of God for the people of God, and you say, Thanks be to God. Our next hymn, if you'll please stand, is Hark the Herald Angels Sing, number 240. May be seated. Our second scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. This section of text is headed the shepherds and the angels. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. 
When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. This is the word of God for the people of God. And you say, thanks be to God. If you would please join me again in an attitude of prayer. O loving God, we rejoice in the peace that we find in the message of the coming Messiah. We ask that you also bless us with peace in our hearts and minds and free us from the distractions of this world, that we may fully focus on your message as it comes to us today. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts together in this place be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, good morning again to you all on this fourth and final Sunday of the Advent season. With Christmas Eve and Christmas Day just over the horizon, we are continuing in our journey and our current sermon series, Angels with a Message. So far, we have covered a message of hope, a message of faith, a message of joy, and now we're going to be looking at a message of peace. Each of these messages were delivered by an angel who throughout both the Old and New Testaments have been active as God's messengers to humanity. And we look at that list of recipients of these messages. First, we had Zechariah, the unbelieving priest, Mary, the young virgin, Joseph, the carpenter, and concerned fiancé, and now these common people, these shepherds out in the fields at night watching their flocks. All of these people were met with, with messages delivered by these angels and the impact of those messages on these people was profoundly life-changing in so many different ways even though all of the messages still had the same primary focus. This week's story of a special message delivery is the first of the ones we've spoken about that is brought to a group of people instead of just a single person. So peace. Just like I inquired about joy last week, I wonder, is peace a word that we really know? Do we really understand what the reality of peace actually is. Throughout all of human history, depending on how we define certain terms, including peace and war and unrest, etc., there has been very little time of true and complete peace. Even in times without physical war and conflict, there has been psychological war and conflict. There has been emotional war and conflict. It is very possible that at no time in our history that there has ever been complete peace 
across all of creation. And that idea, that potential reality, can be very disturbing to think about. I will admit that as I have spent time thinking about it and crafting this message and just examining our world in which we live, there were several moments I needed to take a step back, have a cup of coffee, go and give hugs to my wife and my children to try and make me feel better. There are some historians that estimate that since 1945, or about 76 years, there have only been 26 days of peace in this world. That works out to about one-tenth of a percent, again, assuming that their work is correct and how certain words and terms are defined. But even if they are correct, is anyone really that surprised? What do we really know of peace? Several of you in this room were born into a time of war, or you grew up in one. Several of you even served your country in a war or a conflict or police action, again, depending on how certain things are defined and understood. And I can say I'm very thankful to each and every person who served in whatever way or capacity to help keep our country free from foreign tyranny and oppression. I'm only sorry that as God's creation, we have not been able to know an extended time of peace in our world. There's an American composer and uh, playwright named Jonathan Larson, and he might be best known uh, to many people, at least in my generation, for his rock musical titled Rent. It's a story of a group of impoverished, impoverished, I can't talk today, young artists who are struggling to survive and create life in Lower Manhattan's East Village in the thriving days of Bohemian Alphabet City under the shadow of HIV AIDS. And in one of the high energy numbers, one of the lead characters makes the claim that the opposite of war isn't peace, it's creation. And while I've never met Mr. Larson or spent any time in deep research of his beliefs, there's a part of me that wonders if he wasn't onto something with this. If Mr. Larson was aware of the lack of peace in our world, as I suspect he was, I think I can see how some of his thinking might have worked when he wrote that line. It would make sense to say that the opposite of war is not peace because even in times when there have not been large global wars or even wars between different governments, there has still not been peace. There are times before war when tension is building, things are beginning to deteriorate. And at least for some people, it is not peaceful. And then even after wars have ended, there is still tension and fighting and not any form of true worldwide peace. So since we cannot seem to achieve peace, maybe we can at least achieve some 
type of creation when war is not being waged. We'll come back to that idea in a moment, though. So you might be wondering what this all has to do with a bunch of shepherds thousands of years ago watching their flocks at night. Let's go in and take a look. As some of you may know, and as I mentioned to our young people, the shepherds, pretty much anyone else living in that time, including Mary and Joseph and Zachariah and Elizabeth, living in that part of the world, they knew they were living in a time of unrest and rioting. King Herod, always the villain, had made some decisions and changes that involved the temple, and it caused a great uproar amongst many of the people. The Israelites had put up with a lot. They had been taken over by various countries, but you didn't mess with the temple, which is exactly what he was doing. So even in the time leading up to Jesus' birth, there was still no peace to be had in the world, or at least in this part of the world. Now back again real quick to that line from Mr. Larson, the opposite of war isn't peace, it's creation. We have to ask ourselves, is that true? Can we really say the opposite of war is creation instead of peace? I feel like I could probably argue it either way, But here's one thing that I do very strongly believe. I think peace and creation can go hand in hand. Now that is not to say that war and creation cannot. Many important innovations have been developed during wartime or a result of need during wartime. But in the context of this passage, I really feel that there is a connection between peace and creation. I've called our message for today from these angels to these shepherds a message of peace. Now that might seem contradictory in certain ways given how much chaos and trouble Jesus' birth brought and would continue to bring later on in his ministry. But I believe it is still a message of peace if for no other reason than that message brought hope, joy, and a sense of relief to God's people who had been waiting and waiting for so long for the promise of a coming Messiah to be fulfilled. And once the angels left, the shepherds drop everything and they go off to see this great declaration. Now I will admit there has always been a part of me that has wondered how big their flocks were if they truly abandoned all of those animals or if some of them tagged along for the journey. Would have made for a very interesting introduction to have not just these strangers, these shepherds, but a herd of sheep and goats behind them. But they find Jesus, they find Mary and Joseph, and they they tell them everything that the angels told to them. And we read that Mary treasures all of those words and ponders them in her heart. Now exactly what that means can be interpreted and understood different ways, but 
at least for me, I don't get the sense that Mary was unnerved or panicked by what she heard. We are told she treasures all of those words. I feel like if she had had a negative reaction, it would have been a different choice of words there. Now, we have no idea about Joseph as usual. We're not told of any kind of reaction he may have had either way. Now, that does not mean for certain that Joseph was at peace, but it also doesn't mean that he wasn't. We just don't know. But think about it this way, maybe. Mary and Joseph are told their son is the Messiah. And they have both been told earlier by visits from angels about how their son is going to go on to do all these amazing things and to save the world. He's going to save the people from their sins. He is going to make things right and bring about a kingdom of justice and righteousness. Joseph and Mary and everyone else, they saw what was happening in their community. They saw the riots, the fighting, the chaos. And yet here again they are hearing about the great things that this child is going to do. It's not unreasonable to think that Mary and Joseph might have assumed that Jesus would bring peace to their community and to the world as well. So how does this work for us today? How do we use this message of peace in our world right now? I mean, let's be honest. You don't have to look too far to find a lack of peace, whether it's in our country, in our state, in our towns, or across the globe. If we're being honest, the truth is that, that this message of this Messiah, this coming Savior, has probably been used more in war than in peace. How many holy wars have been fought? How many arguments and fights have come because of this message? We have the Crusades and some of the conflicts in the Middle East over how many years, all having some foundation in this message. So what are we to do? Well, remember, I talked about peace and creation working together, and I believe that is the key. I believe we need to look at this message of peace in ways that lead to some creation. Creation of love, creation of acceptance, creation of, of new ministries, creation of outreach. Maybe we could use this message of peace to help create new venues to touch the lives of other people. How awesome could that be? Creating something founded in the peace of this message about God's love for the world. Creating something that is built upon the grace of this message of peace. And while you can argue that in the end the church itself was created out of this message of peace, I still think there is more that we can do. Our God is the original creator. We can find inspiration in that work of creation, in the love and the dedication 
that God displayed through the saving acts of Jesus Christ. But now, now it's our turn to create. It is our turn to find inspiration in the message of peace to create something new, something to help benefit others. And what we create can be anything. It could be something within ourselves that helps to reflect God's love for all creation. It could be something like when, as we've already talked about in our announcements, when we buy gifts for some of those families in need, that allows us to share the blessings that God bestows upon us. That is creating something. It doesn't have to be some huge grand gesture that leads to a million people turning to God. Although if, if you can pull that off, go for it. That, that's awesome. It can be something as simple as one interaction with one person that changes their life in ways that we may never fully know. And whether it has a domino effect that goes on to other people in other places or it stays with that one person, it is worth the time and effort and love to do it. The only requirements that I see that must be addressed or adhered to are that while finding inspiration in the message of peace, it must also ultimately encourage peace. The goal must be to help to bring about peace to the creation that God has sacrificed so much to be in relationship with. We can no longer allow this message of the coming Savior to be used for war, for deceit, for oppression, for suffering. It must be reclaimed again and again for peace and the grace of God. So what will you go out and create? Will you accept this challenge? And this is not my challenge to you. I know that almost every week when I stand up here and we get to the end of the sermon, I try to leave you with a challenge or request something for you to do in the coming days or weeks. But this one isn't from me. This one comes from the highest power and the highest authority. God has called each and every Christian to go and make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of this world. And there are lots of ways we can do that. There is unlimited potential for creation based upon this message of peace. I pray sincerely that you will take up this calling. Accept what God has entrusted to you and create. Create something beautiful. Create something of love. Create something that centers on this message of peace for all the world and all creation. The season of Advent is one of many messages and truly unlimited possibilities. May God bless you, inspire you, and guide you to create in love in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 
you would rise as you are able for our closing hymn number 224, Good Christian Friends Rejoice. Beloved children of God, do not be afraid. The light still in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. Bear the light of Christ into the world with hope and great joy. The love of God, the light of Christ, and the joy of the Holy Spirit abide with you this holy day and forevermore. Amen.